Yeah, total revenue, I've done about 190,000. Um, the last year has been a lot lower because I've been focusing on my coffee shop. Sure. Etsy hasn't really been like my primary focus. Um, but in Q4, I'm definitely going to start listing a lot more listings and diving into those trends because that's where I really saw success in 2020. Hey there, welcome back to the Etsy Seller Podcast. I'm your host, Cody McGuffey. And today we have Ellie joining us to inspire us about her Etsy selling journey. And I gotta say, this is an awesome episode because she is a total hustler when it comes to making money and finding success. She started in 2020 selling products like jewelry and other things and realized that it wasn't really for her. And then she kind of discovered this print on demand thing. And she immediately fell in love with this type of business model in this venture. And now she is a thriving Etsy seller. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Everbee. Everbee is the all-in-one business platform that helps Etsy sellers find winning products, grow their business, get more sales. You'll be able to quickly understand what people are searching for, what they're buying. So you can do just that. You could sell people what they actually are already purchasing. It's a platform that you guys need to be using to grow your Etsy business. Sign up for free, everbee.io. Let's jump in. Ellie, what's up? How are you? Hello, good, good. Thank you for having me. Super happy to have you here. So we talked a little bit before this. Um, so thank you very much for coming on and like sharing your story. And you do have a really cool story that a lot of people can relate to and stemming from a traumatic injury, right? To like no job, to selling on Etsy, print on demand. And then now you've now running your own business, which we'll get into that in a bit. Can you tell a little bit about who you are and who is Ellie and yeah, introduce yourself? Yeah, definitely. So uh, my name is Ellie. I am a full-time entrepreneur now. I got started in on Etsy in 2020. I actually broke my leg and I was basically forced into finding another source of income because I was a personal trainer and I was also running a coffee shop at the time. So. I had to find another source of income. I didn't really have a choice, like even just to pay my rent. And so I found the world of Etsy and print on demand. And I just fell in love with this business because it was so passive. And I always knew I wanted to own a business, but I didn't really want to hold all the inventory. And so print awesome. on demand was just like such an amazing opportunity that fell into my lap. That's amazing. So can you talk to us like a little bit about how you actually started your Etsy journey and like what even brought to you, brought you to Etsy to begin with? Mm -hmm. Definitely. I actually started off selling um, tangible products. So I actually started off selling jewelry. Um, and so I had cool. a supplier that I found over on Alibaba. They would ship me the jewelry and then I would ship it out, like physically ship it out every single time I got an order. And I just realized that's not the business model that I wanted to sustained for a long period of time. And so I transitioned eventually onto print on demand. I started watching coaches, YouTube videos, listen to podcasts on my way to work, like all this stuff until I learned everything that I possibly could about print on demand. Yeah, I love that. Um, it's, uh, I think that's yeah. like what attracts a lot of people to Etsy is like that drop shipping type of model from like AliExpress or something mm -hmm. like that too. Not everybody, but a lot of people. And we don't even realize when we first do this is like, that's actually like against Etsy's terms of service. And yeah. And we, then we realized this and we're like, oh, okay, I got it. Like what is allowed, you know? And then you find like print on demand, which is kind of like a modified version of drop shipping, but it's, 
it's what Etsy allows and they actually like it, you know? Uh, so it's interesting that you kind of came from that like background, but I could tell that like you kind of came from that like hustler mi mindset of just like, I need to build a business, I need income, let's go and do it type of thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like just figure it out, I have to. That's so cool. Um, yeah. Crazy, so and before, before this, before Etsy, what were you doing for a living? Um, before Etsy, I was doing a multiple multiple things so i was running a coffee shop i was a barista and then i was also a personal trainer cool so, okay working multiple jobs hustler like i've always worked 24 7. i went to school for business i knew i wanted to own a business eventually but i didn't know what it looked like yep for sure and fast forward just for a second and we'll kind of go back but what are you doing now like what business are you in now that you really really wanted to be in you already shared with yeah. me, so, share with so i just purchased a coffee shop i own unity coffee um, we are a drive-through coffee shop and it's always been my dream to own a coffee shop. So um, Etsy actually made that possible because I used that income to purchase my coffee shop. That's wild. Honestly, yeah. like that's so cool. And so it's so valuable for anybody listening to this too, because maybe Etsy isn't the end all be all, like it's not the goal maybe, but it can be like a vehicle to get you where your goal is. That's the exactly. Cool thing and that's how I viewed it. And it still, you know, pays my bills on the side. So gotcha. So you still have your Etsy shop. Yes, I do. I love it. Cool. Um, yeah. How are you able to maintain your Etsy shop and also your coffee shop at the same time? Um, because my Etsy shop is a couple years old now, it's more of just upkeep. So I really don't have to do much on my Etsy shop. I still upload listings like here or there or like going into Q4. I'm definitely going to, you know, dive deeper into my shop because I know that's where sales start to pick up. Um, but for the most part, like the last five months, it's been extremely passive. I log in like 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there just to like reply to comments or maybe I'll just like upload a listing or update one, you know? Amazing. And you, you meant, you shared this with me too, but your, your story was cool because you actually got in, you broke your leg, uh, to share with everybody. You can, you're okay with me sharing that? Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. No, no income anymore. Pretty much. Right. Yeah, no, pretty much. I was stuck at home in a boot. Gosh. And then. <laughs> And then you decided to go all in on this Etsy print on demand type of thing. Mm -hmm. And I think you shared that you started using like Everbee to kind of fuel this, this fire that you've already kind of like got started with Etsy print on demand. Mm -hmm. Exactly. How did, it, how did Everbee kind of play into this role? So Everbee really excelled my shop success, like doubled my numbers in a couple of months after I learned how to use it correctly. And after I learned how to read the numbers on Everbee, and in conjunction with other tools too, I was able to, you know, look at what listings were selling for other sellers, which ones were recent trends that were working for them, what products were working, and then also calculate like the profit margins on each product as well. That's awesome. I appreciate yeah. you sharing that too, because so mm -hmm. many people, like Everbee's like a big community now, right? We have over like 200,000 people using Everbee and it's so cool. And and I do wish that like every story was like your story, right? We have a lot mm -hmm. of people, right? Like, tens of thousands of people that have a very similar story, but then we have like tens of thousands that don't have a similar story. So I'm always like, mm -hmm. as the founder, I'm just like, it breaks my heart to like not see everybody win, you know, when I know that there's enough room for everybody to win, but maybe they just haven't put the puzzle pieces together. Definitely. Like you mentioned like reading numbers and like using it correctly. Like how do yeah. you use Everbee and like to where you got, where you can actually like turn it into like, oh, I double my revenue because right. I Right, good question. Um, you have to read the numbers in a way that um, is relevant to your shop and your niche. 
So looking at other sellers who are selling the same products or similar niches, what are they doing correctly? What keywords are they using? Um, what keywords are overly saturated or which ones are newer trends? And just reading the numbers that way. Um, for me personally, I only list, look at listings that were uploaded within the last three months. And that way I know that the trends are still relevant and they're not overly saturated yet. Got it. And so for anybody listening, like you go to listing age and you'll like mm -hmm. sort by listing age or maybe you use the filter and like you put max three, like list. Yeah. Got it. And then yeah. you sort by revenue or total sales or whatever you want to do yeah. at that point. So I want the top revenue at top and then like a key product would be listed within the last month. And I know that that would be a relevant product to dive into. Got it. So basically you're jumping on, you're seeing trends that are like in the last three months of like, oh, people seem to be buying this type of, if it's, if it's shirts or mugs, they, they seem to be buying this type of design. So in the last three months, this thing's got a thousand sales. Oh, that's something I should be potentially selling. Something like that. Yep, exactly. And then I know it's still relevant. I love that. Okay, cool. Very, very awesome strategy, by the way. Um, Thank you. That's super cool. How did you, let's now let's go back a little. Well, maybe go, let's go forward for a second. How much share revenue numbers with us? Like what have you done the last 12 months or total revenue? It doesn't really matter, but mm -hmm. excite anybody. Um, yeah, total revenue, I've done about 190,000. Um, the last year has been a lot lower because I've been focusing on my coffee shop. Sure. Etsy hasn't really been like my primary focus. Um, but in Q4, I'm definitely going to start listing a lot more listings and diving into those trends because that's where I really saw success in 2020. I love that. So in yeah. the past three years, 190K in revenue. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And did you have my a full first year was 150. So. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Cool. And that's when you were actually focusing on Etsy. Mm -hmm. Full time. On Etsy, so yeah. Yep. How much time do you think people, if they're like full time, because there's some people that are like, oh, I, I want to be like Ellie and I, I want to like use it as a vehicle to get to my business. But then some people are like, oh, no, I wish that I could just like have Ellie's like success. And I would just continue to be an Etsy seller. Like that'd be a dream for me. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. how much time per day or per week should they be putting into their Etsy shop if they want in 2020, LA in 2020, right? How much, how much time did you put in per week? A lot. I put a lot of work up front. It was probably four to five hours um, a day that I was learning Etsy, um, but I was doing it at my other job. So when I was at the coffee shop, I could work in the back on my Etsy and just kind of sneak back there. So it was probably a few hours a day that I was working on it in the beginning, those first couple months where everything is hard and challenging and you don't know anything um, and then after you kind of get over that learning curve it gets a lot easier and then i was only spending like maybe an hour or two hours a week on it and i was like working on vacation working on the beach like it was so much more passive after you get past that like hard learning phase i love that i mean it's just like anything yeah. right like the the first yeah. learning curve is like the hardest part and then kind of like as you figure it out it's like driving a car right like when we first mm -hmm. drive when we turn 16 in the u.s at least like your first time driving a car you're going to be kind of like slower, like you're kind of like nervous. You're kind of like, yeah, it takes, it takes longer to get everywhere. Um, right. But pretty soon now we're just like getting in a car, you know, and you can pretty much close your eyes and get to where you want to be. Right. And not even realize exactly. it's easy. It's like second nature. Now I can run my shop. Totally. But you can't get yeah. there without practicing up front. Exactly. It's just impossible. And so I try and failing. to and fail failing. forward. Yeah. I love that. Talk about that more. Like, talk about maybe a failure that you've had in your Etsy, in your Etsy journey. 
Yeah, so my shop in the beginning, I knew nothing about um, copywriting or trademark infringement or anything about that. And so my shop, I think, in the beginning was shut down like two or three times and they would suspend my shop and it would be closed for like a month. And then all of my traction would be gone and I would have to like figure out I have to email them a whole bunch. And eventually they do get your shop back. But um, just being really careful about trademarks and copyright infringement they are they're super strict about that and you don't that's nothing that you want to mess with or have your shop shut down for i love that and i I think it's cool you say that now too because everybody we also like notice like trademark monitor or trademark infringement like being a major thing Mm -hmm. especially on etsy especially if you're generating 150 grand in a year that's like meaningful income now it's not like oh five you know 100 bucks like that's like meaningful income and if you could avoid a trademark infringement, especially on accident, like just do it. Yeah, right? exactly. So I love that you have that tool on there now because I use that all the time just to be just to be sure. That's cool. And we're by the way, it's in beta phase, so like it's we're making improvements to it too. Um, but that's that's, that's r- really really cool. And okay, so five hours a week. So if someone, I'm sorry, five hours a day when you're first starting, minimum probably. Mm-hmm. Um, which it's interesting because like when you say that's a lot, it is a lot, of course, for an Etsy seller. But like, mm-hmm. if you were to focus on like your full-time job, by the way, if you're like getting, like working at a coffee shop, for example, you had to be there for like eight to nine hours a day. Yeah. And so we yeah. choose your, choose your hard type of thing, right? Like build your exactly. dream or and, build someone else's. Exactly. And you're just doing all of the work up front right now and you're going to get paid for it later. So as long as you don't quit, you will get paid for all this work. It's just, you don't, you're not yeah. seeing the numbers right now. I love that. Like the compounding thing, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. The coolest part about it is for selling on Etsy, you're really selling online or really any skill really. But like if you put this work up front, like this thing, the, all these skills that you learn now, they like roll over to the next thing that you do, whether it's, you know, mm-hmm. selling on Etsy, selling on Amazon, selling on Walmart, selling a, in a coffee shop, buying a coffee shop, like all of it rolls into mm-hmm. the next venture. Would you agree? Oh, definitely. I use, I mean, Canva, obviously I use across the board now for all of my branding, for all my logos, like all of my social media for my coffee shop is all on Canva. So it's just, it's really neat that it does actually translate to the next business. That's so cool. And your coffee shop business, by the way, is gonna roll into the next venture that you do. Maybe it's a a second coffee shop or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. a coffee brand maybe, right? Exactly. That's so cool. Um, Tell us about the coffee shop business. So tell us maybe like inspire someone that maybe is, they want to use it like you, like they want to use Etsy as a vehicle to get to the next, next thing that they, their, their true passion maybe. How did that come about? Maybe walk us through that transaction. Yeah. So I have always wanted to own a coffee shop. It's been my dream since I first started in coffee. When I was 16, I worked at a little coffee shop stand drive through. We have them on every single corner here in Seattle. So I knew that that was my dream. One day I was going to have a coffee stand and fast forward to, um, I was 20, 24, 24 when I bought it, um, just this past year. And I reached out to all of the, um, my shop owners that I knew in like my little community. I was like, Hey, if you ever wanted to sell your shop, like I'm looking to buy, just let me know. And one of them actually reached back out to me and we worked out a seller financing deal. And I mean, from there it's kind of history, but I purchased it in December of this year, 2023. That is so cool. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. So oh, fun. I, it sounds fun. And I know that that's like super, super exciting because that's something that you've been 
wanted to do for so long and you actually manifested it and became a reality, which I think is probably the most special part of the whole thing. Is like you actually had this like goal and then eventually just like you took the action and then it happened. Exactly. Exactly. I knew it would happen. I didn't know how and I put in the work and somehow got there. Always. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like we we're so surprised when this happens as humans, right? But mm -hmm. Every time it happens. <laughs> like, yeah, right. And, but then you can look back and connect the dots and you're like, that's why I did this and this and it led me to this, you know? Even like I broke my leg so I could start Etsy so I could have the funds to purchase this, you know? Totally. Yeah. Can we talk about the mindset maybe of the of a business owner? Because you're kind of, you're a go-getter uh, very clearly. And you, you set your vision on something, something that you want um, in your life and you take action and make it happen somehow. For how do you get that mindset and how do you program yourself to like be like that person? Uh, is it something that you work on daily? You have, you, are you just born with this naturally? Uh, how, how does one do that? Um, it's a daily, it's a daily work in progress. I've always been a go-getter and a hustler and I knew that I wanted to own a business one day. I knew that was always my dream. Um, Definitely mindset is going to be a daily battle though. Like there's some days that I feel like getting up and crushing it. And then like days like yesterday, I wanted to lay in bed all day. So it's not like I'm a hundred percent all the time, um, but it's just showing up and improving every single day. You can only fail if you quit. And that's my motto. And so I just don't quit. I just keep going. I love that. Very, very yeah. cool. What yeah. are you reading? What do you typically read? What do you consume on a daily mm -hmm. basis in order to like keep this mindset? Like you mentioned it's a daily battle. How do you make sure you're ready? Yeah, I read every single day and then I listen to podcasts every day on my way to the shop and on my way home and at the gym. So I listen to like two hours of podcasts every day. I don't have a lot of like sitting down downtime. And so I take advantage of all that in between time, like when I'm getting ready, when I'm going on a walk, when I'm on the treadmill, like I take advantage of all that time. What are you listening to? Mm -hmm. What podcasts? Yeah. Like podcast. Um, I love the Ed Milet show is one of my favorites. Cool. Yeah. Um, he's really great on interviews, a lot of different mindset um, individuals. And then female founder world is a great one for business to business or business to consumer. She interviews a lot of different founders. Um, and then obviously the Everbee podcast, listen to that one all the time. And uh, yeah, those are my probably, I, I love, love those ones. It's so mm -hmm. cool. And by the way, like I listened to my Let's podcast as well. I haven't as much recently, yeah, um, but I know for sure that like years ago, I was like consuming that on a daily basis. And yeah. he just brings on like awesome builders and people that have accomplished things really just like, yeah. that's the thing was we're trying to accomplish our mission and we need to program our brain to actually do that thing. Yeah. And I think we, we, as, as builders, as creators, as founders of our businesses, like we, we, this isn't going to happen for us, right? We have to actually create the reality. And in order to do that, you need to program our brain to think a certain way. When mm -hmm. we see problems, we need to turn it into opportunities. Mm -hmm. And that's what you've done with your breaking your leg, for example, having no income all of a sudden, like a lot of people, unfortunately, will turn that situation into a worse situation. And they'll mm -hmm. say, take the victimhood mentality of saying, oh, I can't do it because of this. I can't do it because mm -hmm. of this. What approach did you take to that? Um, I took it as a challenge that I was going to take on. And when my back was against the wall, I just, I knew that I had to figure it out. And so, yeah. I love that. Super yeah. inspiring. Honestly. Thank you. Thank you. No, totally. For anybody listening to this too, I'm sure it's super inspiring because us as humans, 
with families, with family members, like just just being a human being, we have problems on a daily basis, right? So mm-hmm. many problems constantly going on, chaotic, you know, lives that we live. But in order to like filter through all that stuff, we have to be programmed in a certain way. We have to program ourselves in a certain way by pro- consuming like positive content, that, like helps us get us to our goal. That is so true. You have to be very careful and cautious of what you're consuming because anything that you're consuming is going to have an influence on you. So oh. even if it's just the music that you're listening to or the people that you're around or your coworkers, that all influences you. I love that. And I feel like everything that I know that you would say that because you're a humble person, you probably say like, oh, I'm still a work in progress, like you mentioned, but like the, the majority of stuff that you mentioned to me just now was we're all positive. You going to the gym, listening to podcasts, and they weren't like crime podcasts. Nothing wrong with that. But like they weren't, they weren't like non-growth podcasts. They were like business exactly. podcasts, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, sounds like you're reading. We didn't talk, talk about the books, but I'm sure they're business books or some sort of like inspirational books. And yeah. then... Um, obviously you're building a business, which takes a long time. Every podcast, like all we do is talk about opportunity and the positivity in the world. And like, we don't sit here and talk about how Etsy's screwing us over and how e-commerce is dying and how print on demand is saturated. Like we don't talk about that because we don't believe that. Exactly. (laughs) We don't give that any energy. (laughs) No energy. Exactly. No, no, totally. And we only give energy to things that like are positive. And because of that, we win. Yeah. Exactly. Like, exactly. There's no other option. So cool. Um, re- the reason why it's so cool is because I think probably the people listening to this right now are winners, right? Mm-hmm. Whether they've won in the past, maybe not yet, or but for sure they're going to win, right? Because they're consuming things like this. And then you just gave them another couple podcasts that they should go listen to too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's super cool. Um, yeah. What's next for you? I want to open a million more coffee shops and stands all over. So <laughs> that's my next venture. Okay. So podcast. Unity. Unity. Unity coffee. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. So that's your passion. It sounds like, and that's still yes. your passion after owning one. Yes. Yes. That's the goal. Just keep expanding that brand. Very cool. Are you, mm-hmm. um, primarily, is it going to be like coffee stand or coffee shops or are they going to be like, do you have, are you going to own your own brand one day or like, how does that going to work? Yeah, primarily stay with the coffee stands. We specialize in monthly um, drink drops. So that's kind of like our thing. So just keep expanding all over the area. The Pacific Northwest is where I mainly want to focus. I love that. So cool. And how about Etsy Etsy goals, Etsy business? Is that eventually going to be like, you'll keep it going until you probably get, you know, your coffee businesses continues to grow so much? Or what's the goal with that? Definitely. I love helping other people um, start their Etsy. So I recently started doing that as well, um, coaching other people on how to start their online business and on Etsy. So that's another passion and I'm working on that as well. Oh, cool. So you're like coaching people and helping somebody that's like Ellie, maybe three or four years ago, you're actually helping that person. Yes, exactly. Oh, cool. That's that's Mm -hmm. awesome. And like, how do you help them? Um, so I'll do shop audits or I'll do one-on-one calls with them. Um, and then I'm working on my a course right now as well. So that will be out probably in a few months. I love that. Yeah. Do you, for your, let's maybe let's talk about, I know we kind of skipped past this cause your story was so interesting. Um, <laughs> but your Etsy shop specifically, like how did you find your first product to sell or your first niche to sell in? Um, was it, I know you mentioned jewelry originally and then print on demand, mm-hmm. which everybody's mind goes to shirts and apparel and stuff and print on demand. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, where would you recommend someone starting if they're brand new? Ellie, like three years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Like, where would they, what kind of products should they even be thinking about and all that stuff? So honestly, I wouldn't even really worry about t-shirts now in 2024. Um, I think that there's so many other products. Print on demand has expanded so much that you can sell basically anything with print on demand now. I mean, there's jewelry, there's beach towels, there's like pet crew necks now, there's mugs, tumblers, like whatever you want to sell, there it's up there. And so t-shirts is a much more saturated product to try to break into right now that if I personally were opening up a brand new shop, I would break into these new products that Printify and Printful are releasing almost every day. I love that. Um, and would, mm-hmm. did you did you tend to be like more of a general store, like selling the products to lots of different types of customers? Or did you like niche into like, I'm going to sell to hiking people, right? Or to fishing people? Like, did you type, did you go in the niche route? Which way did you go? I went more general. So I just wrote down my target um, audience and my target ideal customer. And I was like, what would this one person want to wear or um, see on my shop? And then I made products based off of that. Got it. So you're serving a specific type of person. You kind of went yes, that route. Specific audience. Okay, yeah. cool. Some people would call that like niche, right? Because like you're yeah. trying to like target that niche, but you sold multiple products though to that person. Is that correct? Exactly. Yep. Very cool. I love that. Um, I think that's a better way. Not saying the one way is necessarily like worse than the other, I guess. I'm kind of saying that. Um, but that's like a better, more sustainable approach of like exactly. serving one. Because I know that t- target audience is always going to be there. It's not really a trend that's going to go away. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. And for anybody listening, that's like you, for example, you love hiking, um, right? And you would probably make a whole bunch of products serving that hiking person, right? That maybe it's a mom that hikes and she has three kids and she like enjoys going on hiking every weekend. Like you'd be selling shirts, you'd be selling a mug, hiking mug, shirt mm-hmm. mug, hiking shirt, hiking hats, right? And like funny quotes about hiking probably, right? Yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, yeah. Golden. This is great. Anything else that you feel like you want to share with that new seller who's maybe has zero sales or maybe they have like five sales and they just like want to give up right now? Mm -hmm. What would you say to that person right now? Very challenging in the beginning when you're putting all this time and effort into something and nobody's even clicking on your listings or you're not making any money. Or if you do make money, it's like pennies. Just know that like, you are doing all this work up front and it will pay you for years and years to come. So if you don't quit, you cannot fail. Just stay consistent and keep logging on to Etsy every single day, at least for 10 minutes, because they will reward those active shops. I love that. Last question, because I forgot to ask this. And I'm really curious about it now. Um, how many listings did you time? How many listings do you have? I guess, are you talking thousands, hundreds, 10? Today? Sure. Yeah. Today I have 120. 120. Yeah. Cool. I think that's yeah. really exciting to hear because some, mm-hmm. sometimes, okay, I'm happy I asked that now because most mm-hmm. brand sellers have thousands of listings Yeah. and you don't. No. And you've still been like high level of success in 2020 and obviously you're, you've ramping down a little bit, but the point mm-hmm. is like, you don't have to necessarily have thousands of listings in order to be successful. You could, you could actually just focus on best selling products and actually just make your products somehow better, better mm-hmm. offering, better value. And you could do it exactly. with less listings. As soon as I found a design or a product that worked, I just honed into that design and I ran with that. 
I love that. Use Everbee, use Canva, you guys, if you're listening to this, use whatever other tools that you feel like can serve that type of purpose that Ellie's mentioning. Um, Ellie, thank you for coming on and sharing this. Uh, where can people find you? Um, so primarily I'm on TikTok. My TikTok is money with Ellie or YouTube. I post every single week on there about Etsy and growth and e-com and business. And that is my name, Ellie Hugdahl. I love it. We'll link down to your, uh, to TikTok and also YouTube in the show notes or the channel, wherever, or the video notes, wherever you're watching this. Um, Ellie, thank you again for coming on. Seriously. I appreciate mm -hmm. it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. All right. See you later. Bye.